Hello, welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. All right, we are on. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. I have an amazing guest with me today, and I'm super excited. It's going to be all about breastfeeding this um, this week. So before I get into all the goodness that I have, so I'll start with introductions. Um, my name is Dr. Uday. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician. I'm based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I own a primary care practice, namely Apple Valley Family Medicine, and I also own an aesthetic practice. My goal is not only to have my patients feeling good, but looking good. So thank you so much for joining us, everybody. So I'm going to um, introduce our guest. We have Dr. Rubin here with us today. I'm so excited. So let me tell you a little bit about her. So she's a pediatrician and breastfeeding medicine specialist practicing in the western suburbs of Chicago. She's the founder and CEO of In Touch Pediatrics and Lactation. Dr. Rubin is thrilled to offer general pediatric services as well as breastfeeding medicine consultation when and where her clients need it. And that includes even in their homes. Yes. Oh, doesn't that sound amazing? So thank you, Dr. Rubin, for being with us today. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Yay. So I'm <laughs> going to go right into it. So one of the, the questions I'm actually going to start with is, can you educate us on um, what the difference is between a lactation consultant and a breastfeeding medicine physician? Absolutely. And breastfeeding medicine is something that is growing and getting more commonly um, found throughout the, the world now. So an IBCLC is kind of the gold standard frontline uh, support for breastfeeding. These are sometimes nurses, sometimes lay people who have some training in breastfeeding, and they can educate and counsel people on breastfeeding normal stuff and problems that arise. What is sometimes necessary is physician-level breastfeeding care. So IBCLCs or lactation consultants cannot, uh, cannot actually diagnose or do a workup or treat medical problems. And as you probably know, Dr. Uday, you know, most of us in medical training do not get very good breastfeeding education. So the physicians who are out there who are called upon to help with these issues, unfortunately, may lack the training or understanding or time to address these issues. And so there are physicians out there, such as myself, who have received additional training on breastfeeding and how to treat medical problems that can arise with breastfeeding. So we are that extra step and that team member who can be called upon when there are more complicated problems that maybe your IBCLC just it, it's not in their scope of practice to, okay. to help. 
Thank you for clarifying that. So we're going to get right into it. What are um, some of the common obstacles um, or issues with breastfeeding that you um, get called upon to help with? So I think one of the biggest things is that people don't realize that it's not always smooth. <laughs> so that's one of the biggest, you know, most common things that patients will tell me, like, I wish I had just known that this wasn't going to be easy and that I might need help. I think in the media, I mean, we're talking about it more that people do need support now, but traditionally, you know, there's just these beautiful pictures of women breastfeeding and um, it, it is beautiful, but it's not always that simple. And so just knowing and being aware that there may be some uh, bumps along the road and being prepared for that and, and having it in your mindset, I think can go a long way so that when those things happen, you're not totally surprised and maybe you're prepared actually um, to address those problems. So what scenarios um, would you say, when should they consult a consultant like you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I actually think that it's probably a good idea to consult somebody even before a baby's born to just learn. And that may be like a one-on-one -on -one consult, or it may be in the form of a, of a class um, to just learn a little bit more about the basics of breastfeeding, different positions, different um, different common things that come up that it's good to know. Uh, so that's helpful if you can do it. After that, I think there's a couple of uh, reasons to, to seek help. Usually there are people in the hospital or if you give birth at home, usually midwives and doulas are also knowledgeable in breastfeeding and so they can help. And if things seem to be going well, maybe you don't need more support than that. But if you're having pain or you feel like your baby's not latching very well, uh, not eating very well, not really doing much when they are latching. Um, if your baby has lost an amount of weight that the doctors are worried about. If, um, if you just cannot get comfortable, I mean, maybe you're not having nipple pain, but you just can't figure out a position that works for you. These are all reasons to seek help. And even if it seems like things are going well, Sometimes it's nice to just have somebody come and assess things and watch you do it and be able to reassure you that things are going well. I think one of the toughest things about breastfeeding is that if you're directly nursing, you don't know exactly how much your baby's getting. And I think that's really stressful for a lot of women and men, you know, just families to not know how much their baby's getting. And really, we, we know the answer to that question by following weight frequently and having frequent doctor's visits. But sometimes the having a, a lactation specialist come watch a baby eat can also reassure you, like, these are the things that we look at to see whether a baby's eating well, so that that can help you to be reassured and assess it yourself when there's not anybody else there. Gotcha. So the other one, and I'm pretty sure this is one they're going to be listening in for, is actionable tips to optimize, you know, breastfeeding. So anything that 
um, any breastfeeding moms right now can practice or do to help um, optimize um, that breastfeeding experience to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one really important thing to remember is that everyone's journey is different. Everyone's situation is different. The baby's different. The mom's different. So, you know, nothing that I say is going to necessarily apply to everyone. Um, and again, that's why it's helpful to get help so that somebody can really look at you and your situation and help. But, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, one thing is positioning and just kind of knowing that there are a lot of different positions that you and your baby can be in when you breastfeed. I think sometimes in the hospital in particular, it's hard to find a comfortable position. I mean, you're, you're post-delivery, you are healing from whether it's a C-section or a vaginal delivery and hospital beds are not very comfortable and it's hard to, you know, find your way around them and get lost in them, I think. And so, especially when you're home, there's a whole slew of positions that could open up to you. So having somebody there with you to help you figure those out, just know that there are other options if you haven't found one. Um, and maybe making yourself familiar with a few of those options, those common um, positioning that we use. Another thing is just knowing a little bit about the mechanics of breastfeeding. So one thing to know is, is in the first days after a baby's born, moms are set up to start the process of making milk, but it doesn't happen immediately. In the beginning, moms produce uh, colostrum, which is a incredibly valuable food for newborns. It has very small volume, but it's packed with tons of proteins and antibodies and all that babies really need in those first few days. But this is where it can get stressful for moms because they may feel like there's not any milk there. So knowing, um, knowing that that's going to happen and that your baby's tummy is really tiny, tiny at that point anyway. So they're not planning on, they're not able to get much more than you are producing and it will get more and more every day. And then there will be a point called, uh, there's a couple of fancy terms, but most people say when the milk comes in, when that colostrum transitions to mature milk and starts to come in in larger volumes. And when that happens, you can know that it happens from a number of um, clues. One is you may notice the milk more dripping out of your baby's mouth or more swallowing and gulping. Uh, you may notice fullness of your breasts develop. And this usually happens between approximately day three to five postpartum, which is often when you've already gone home. And maybe <laughs> that's why it's good to know that this is going to happen. And that if it's not happening by day five, six, seven, you need to get help to make sure that your baby is getting enough food. But hopefully you are seeing your pediatrician during that time. Mm -hmm. So knowing that those changes are going to take place is important. And then knowing the things that you need to continue to do and your baby needs to continue to do in order to 
keep making that milk and make enough for the baby. And those two things are nipple stimulation and emptying of the breast that need to be happening frequently. So I know this is a lot and that's why it's actually good to hear it a number of different times. And you probably won't remember all the details and until you're sitting there uh, doing it, but then hopefully you'll remember like, oh yeah, I, I remember hearing something about that and I need to do this. I'm pretty sure they're listening in, absolutely. Another thing actually real quick, so about that and the colostrum and when the milk comes in and everything, one thing that you can potentially learn about before the baby comes is how to do what's called manual expression which is expressing milk with your hands. And that can be very useful. First of all, you're not always going to have a pump available. But in those first few days or even weeks, sometimes manual expression can work better than a pump can or sometimes maybe even than the baby can, depending on the situation. So it's good to be familiar with that and start practicing it in the hospital so that you know how to do that um, in for certain situations that are going to come about. Plus, then you can see the milk when you do a little bit of manual expression and feel better about the fact that it's there. There, gotcha. So, what um, what would people expect when you know you they call you for a consultation or you kind of walk them through that process of when you're they're going to participate in a consultation with you? Yeah. I mean, so I always like to hear just the the history so far. So if I'm seeing a mom before a baby's born, it's going to be mainly the mother's history. And I would be looking for certain risk factors that may make this this um, woman more likely to experience some of the common problems that we see, like production issues or something about the anatomy that may make it harder for a baby to latch or something like that. So those are things that I look for in the history. And then in a prenatal consult, I would just discuss those risks and things that we can hopefully do when the baby comes or even before the baby comes to maximize the chance of um, the experience being positive. And I also talk about those expectations and knowing that things don't always go the way we envision it so that moms can be prepared for that. After baby's born, I would again get that history of how things have been going. And then ideally, these visits should happen in person. They can't always. So, you know, we, we make do with what we what we have. But in person, I'm going to want a hungry baby when I show up so that I can watch this baby eat hungry (laughs) and not overly hungry, hopefully, but um, I can watch the baby eat. I can see how how a mother is, a mother and baby are coming together and doing it on their own. And then I can show tips for how to do it potentially differently or reassure if things are going well. I will often do a wait for the baby before a feeding and then after a feeding. And that gives us an idea of how much a baby is getting. That's not very valuable in those very first few days when it's such a small volume anyway. But a little further along, that can be helpful 
um, along with the clues that we see while a baby's eating to just know that a baby's getting enough or not enough or more than they need. Um, so that's helpful. And then I will usually spend two, even sometimes three hours with a patient for that first visit to really see potentially multiple feedings and spend a lot of time talking about whatever the problems are that are going on, what might happen in the future, and then our options on how to evaluate if we need to do an actual further evaluation with lab work or imaging or anything like that. And then there's always follow-up as well. So awesome. So guys heard it. So this is, you get extensive evaluation and um, assistance. So it sounds amazing. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So this is the other question I always ask um, our guests, um, docs that come on. Um, why do you do what you do, doc? Really good question. So there's a few layers to that. Uh, I became interested in breastfeeding. I was always very pro breastfeeding, but I didn't really know how to help people when they were in my office struggling. And that that was difficult for me. And so I wanted to be able to help people more in the moment. And when I had my own kids, I realized, okay, I know a little bit more, but I don't know enough because everybody's experience, like I said, is different. And so I really only knew how to help people based on my own experience. Plus, I had my own problems. So I saw the, the great value in having support, and I wanted to be able to provide that. So I first um, took the path of becoming an international board certified lactation consultant. So an IBCLC. So I got that training. And then I learned that breastfeeding medicine existed. And I started uh, getting more of that physician level mm -hmm. training. And I used to work at a large academic center. So I was seeing many patients throughout the day and not always having the time that I needed and wanted to spend with patients to address these issues, as well as just regular pediatric issues. I didn't feel like I had enough time. So a year ago, I ventured off on my own and opened In Touch Pediatrics and Lactation, uh, which is a direct primary care practice. And I decided to do home visits because I feel like, especially with young children and babies, that's really where families need to be and not dealing with traffic and sitting in waiting rooms and things like that. So I love being able to provide the time and space and energy that's necessary and that people deserve during this time. And I love being able to do that. That is so awesome. It's definitely well needed. Absolutely. Yeah. So one more, um, and this one is just kind of completely off topic, but what would you tell your 20 year old self? Oh boy. <laughs> well, um, a couple of things. So one is <laughs> you never know how where life's going to take you. So I I've always found it really fascinating to hear people's stories because usually it is not a straight path. And the interesting thing in medicine is that much of the time it is a straight path because there's a very specific, you know, order in which 
you do things and you end up being a doctor and you take care of patients. And that's what we do as physicians. And that's what I did for a long time. Um, I did take a little bit of a different path. Like I didn't, I wasn't pre-med as a undergrad, which I think helped me to take time to figure out what I really wanted to do. So I think it's okay to do that um, and take the time that you need and remember that whatever you choose in the beginning is not necessarily forever. But even within medicine, there are other options. And I think the system is set up in a way that makes us think that we have to do things a certain way. And we don't. And it's really, really scary to do things differently. And I'm not saying that it's easy. And I still am learning a lot every day on how to do it out here on my own. <laughs> but, um, but it's worth it if, if, if that kind of traditional path isn't working for you, at seeking other options. And thank goodness we have this is one place where social media is very, very helpful. Like, I mean, I was learned about all of these other opportunities through social media and I don't think I would have ever done it without learning about it that way and getting support that way from other people who are doing it. So use those resources. Right. That's a really, really sound response. So that's why I ask it just so that if there's anybody else, you know, that it could, you know, definitely resonate and um, help them forge their yeah. path. Okay. Another thing I want to say, so two pieces of really helpful information that I learned that I think can be applied both in medicine as well as in life, So, or not life, but in other careers. So um, one was, you know, pick a specialty where every day there's going to be something that you enjoy, like even on the hardest or most boring day, potentially pick a specialty where you know there's going to be something you enjoy. So for me, it was pediatrics and just being able to be with kids and families that that's always enjoyable. There's always something silly that a kid says or, you know, really cute kids and and that always makes it a positive experience then the other part of it is make sure you go into a specialty where you are going to like your colleagues too because there are different personalities in different <laughs> specialties and I do think that's important I mean if you really find that there's a dichotomy between personality and what you like to do then you may have to figure out a way to make that happen but in general um, you know, I chose pediatrics where everyone's nice and <laughs> rule followers and I mean, it just, it fit. <laughs> I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> With kids and, you know, I, I, I absolutely, I get it. Yeah. I Because you spend a lot of time with the people you work with. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Put my two cents in on that one. Yeah. So guys wasn't this great? So thank you so much for all the nuggets that you dropped. Um, how can people find you actually? So if they wanted more information, they wanted to connect with you, um, you know, schedule with you, how, do, how can they? So best way to find me is through my website, which is www.intouchpediatrics.com. And I offer a number of different services from general pediatrics to the breastfeeding medicine to also fourth trimester packages. So packages where you can have me be your pediatrician in home for six weeks and then move on to your own pediatrician after that. 
and uh, I can be available for anybody in Illinois for breastfeeding help and in the Chicago land suburbs for other in-person services. And I'm also happy to help people. Like if you're just not sure where to find a breastfeeding friendly physician or a breastfeeding medicine specialist or somebody who does home visits or, you know, if there's anything that you are looking for that you can't find in your area, I'm happy to help you find that as well. That is awesome. Thank you so much. So guys, you've heard it. Definitely check her out and I'll um, put um, her social media handles with this as well. So, and for those out there looking for uh, a great primary care physician, we are accepting new patients at Apple Valley Family Medicine. Our number is 304-350-1087. And you can find us online at www.applevalleyfamilymed.com. So thank you so much. Please like and share. There's definitely someone that would um, need this information list. So let's get the word out. So Dr. Absolutely. much, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget, you're worth it, and your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week, and have a great rest of your week.